at its core is an inclusive, super fun workout scene that is all about empowering people to express themselves louder and love themselves harder. It's not about weight loss, not about calorie counting. It is literally just about enjoying your body and getting a good sweat on. And we have live DJs in every class in our studios and live DJ mixes in all the classes around the world. So it really is, it feels like a nonstop party the whole time. And, and people say that, like, I never watch the clock at 3.05 or this is the most fun I've ever had working out. We're really trying to take the pain and the shame and all of that nonsense out of fitness, all of the fat phobia out of fitness and just make it like a space for bodies to feel good. Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters for Gray Matter. On this episode of Gray Matter, we'll hear about how the power of movement led to a powerful movement for positivity. And we'll learn how leadership can manifest itself in ways you may not have imagined. Hi, I'm John Petrolis, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray. And this week's idea is both a workout and dance class, 305 Fitness. We'll speak with Sadie Kurzban, the founder and CEO of the company, and discover how Sadie went from teaching dance classes in college to being called the next fitness cult leader by the New York Observer. Sadie chatted with Gray Midwest's Carly Quellman, an associate creative director making her first Gray Matter appearance. They talk about the struggles Sadie had starting 305 Fitness, the examples she set for her team along the way, and how she built a community around feeling good. Sadie is a graduate of Brown University, where in 2012, she first ran with the idea for her own fitness program. 305 Fitness has been featured on Good Morning America and The Today Show, and written up in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Refinery29, and Fast Company. Her workouts have been seen by over 100,000 people and counting, with seven studios across New York, Washington, D.C., and Boston. During the pandemic, her team brought the workouts outdoors and virtually into people's homes. This is Sadie Kurzban. I really started teaching fitness when I was 16. I got into fitness very young. I'm talking 10, 11, 12, because like so many young women, young girls, I thought that I had to in order to get the boys to like me and in order to be valued, I had to shrink myself or have a certain physique. So I spent middle school, high school, college, documenting my calories, completely obsessed with my weight. 90% of my focus was on my eating and what I looked like. And that's how I found fitness was first just as a way to purge. Come to be 16, 17, 18, I start getting up in front of the room and teaching classes, Zumba classes, cycling classes. And now I start to feel actually empowered and I start to drop a little bit of the ego and realize that I'm giving back to people and that life is bigger than me. And a big turning point was going to college and starting to open up my eyes and starting to value my intellect and my creativity, meet women from around the world who cared more about social justice, about activism, about education than about what the boys thought about them. Coming from Miami, that's the 305 area code, with three older sisters and a mom, all who were so consumed with their bodies, it was really kind of a shock of culture to see that there was actually like other women out there who were just killing it and owning themselves. So that evolved how I started to teach. And the real turning point was I was teaching basically like a Zumba class on college campus and I hired a DJ 
off of Craigslist. It was like a gimmick, you know, it was like a, hey, come to class on Thursday because there's going to be a DJ. So extra fun. But I was very uptight at the time, very high strung, very intense. And I told the DJ, listen, these are the songs I want you to play. I know like 40 songs. I've got choreography to them. Don't go too crazy. You can play them in any order because I know them all. But like, you know, you can crossfade a bit. You can even speed them up a little bit. But this is my choreography. Instead, that DJ, I was already up in front of the room, so I couldn't do anything. You know, show must go on. Played whatever he wanted. Like a true creative, right? Just like, I'm going to throw in whatever beats. It was so fast. It was literally nonstop. I was used to like stopping between every song. And I was like grapevining and V-stepping and and jumping, jacking and all these things. So that was really the creation of the format. Instead of firing that DJ, I said, okay, like smart ass, that was really cute, but like, let's actually do that. So I know what's going on next time. So let's practice. That was the evolution of the format from like a stop and start fitness class, you know, instructor knows everything, instructors in front of the room, instructors doing the playlist instead to completely music driven, very spontaneous, a lot of improvisation, much less about choreography, much more about following along, much less about instructor knows everything, I'm on the stage and now just, okay, I'm not an instructor, I'm actually just like a party starter and I'm just here to set the vibe. Uh, So that was really inspiring and really is what makes the class so unique is that it's based on beats per minute, it's based on music, it's not based on the steps, the footwork, the choreography. And what that's allowed for is both a class that is always innovative we have outstanding retention stats, especially in the fitness world where it's so common to like get bored after six months. You want to try something else? No. The people who have been with us, like you're always getting something new. Literally no two classes feel the same. And the other thing that it created was really this format that's not about the instructor's personality or like some star cult leader, like something that you can't teach, but actually something that you can teach, which is how to pattern form, how to cue, how to watch the energy in the room. That leads me a little bit into where we are today. I uh, opened seven studios over the last few years. We have an at-home business. We have a brand sponsorships business. So we're, we're a big brand with about half a million customers to date. It's really exciting. But the thing that I'm most proud of is the revenue stream that we have called instructor licensing or instructor certification. This is where we teach dancers, anyone who grew up dancing or cheerleading or just loves to move, how to do that, how to become a 305 instructor, become their own entrepreneur, get a little side hustle. We teach them the format. We give them the DJ mixes. We give them the choreography. And for a really low monthly fee, $39 a month, some of them are making thousands of dollars a month teaching outdoor classes, teaching online. And in this time where we know that just the wealthier getting wealthier, the 1% is only getting wealthier and everyone else is being squeezed, the ability to be able to not only see my brand now in every corner of the world, literally just saw it in India. It's in like Cobbtown, Georgia, like you name it. We have 305 classes now all over the world. So that's amazing to see the brand places. But what really fills my cup up is to know that we're teaching people how to fish. We're not employing them. We're teaching them the skill and we're supporting them with all of the mistakes that I made through the years. We're opening that up so they can go out and be entrepreneurs as well. That's amazing. Um, And I think a question I have for you is being from the dance world yourself, what was that like to have to kind of remove that uh, structure in terms of, you know, leaning into the improvisation, more thinking about the like the power that you are pushing in those classes versus the technicalities of it? Yeah, so um, 
I'm actually not a trained dancer. And that's what I think has allowed me to be more flexible in this format. I just grew up loving dance. I'm part Cuban. Miami is a place where like music is everywhere. And, you know, going clubbing since I was probably 14. Um, so it was always like in, in my culture and in my blood, but it was never something that I really learned, which gave me a lot of freedom to approach it my way. What I've learned in working now with thousands of dancers through the years is that like fitness, it's a very hierarchical kind of art, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you have to point your toes a certain way and you're no good if you're not in the front row. And if you're not taking five classes a day, if your body doesn't look a certain way. So it's all of this like gated BS really. And what we teach dancers is like, you can be a leader. You're not just a backup dancer. You can get up there. Leadership is so often seen as the ability to articulate verbally or to have some kind of like intellectual capacity to make a certain amount of money. But leadership actually can exist through your body and through your presence. So that's what we teach dancers to do is to go from, okay, I'm just learning the choreography. I'm in the back of the room. I have to be perfect to actually embracing. I don't have to be perfect and I can actually lead this. And I don't have to say much we teach people how to do it through their essence, through their movement, through their eye contact. So I found that this format is so healing and empowering for dancers, especially to be able to like, like you said, like get out of the structure of things and just be more in their, in their body and in their truth. Mm -hmm. And just be themselves. Um, And that kind of brings me, I want to ask you uh, what has been like the, the one form of feedback that you've received that has kept you going? Uh, And conversely, has there been any feedback that has made you kind of think, maybe this isn't it, maybe this isn't my destination, this isn't my journey, um, maybe it's time to throw throw in the towel. Yes, the feedback that probably keeps me going most is just hearing from our customers how life-changing this class can be. Just heard yesterday a woman who now is certified and she shared a story that in the pandemic, she was in an abusive marriage The pandemic made things 10 times harder. She felt like she couldn't escape. And taking our classes on YouTube once a day, like as cheesy as it sounds, like it literally got her through. It was the thing that got her through every day. And subsequently was the thing that started to make her challenge her old beliefs and start to kind of liberate her and and say like, wait, why not me? Why can't I step out of this? So hearing those stories, we don't, you know, we get like the weight loss stories, like every other fitness brand. But of course, like the stories that really, really resonate with me are the ones that I'm like, wow, 305 taught me. We'll, we'll get people that say like, um, I took a 305 class before I came out to my parents. Like it's it's the thing that just like gives people a voice and a, and a reason to self-express. So those are the things that that really keep me going. Feedback that's harder to hear or that makes me feel like I can't do this is definitely when I interact with a lot of investors It's been really challenging for me, not because I think that they're right, but just because it's like running through walls all the time. Uh, The profile of an investor is just not one who is going to personally understand what we're trying to build. Most of them are white. Most of them are men. Most of them have a helicopter, you know, in Silicon Valley. They're really disconnected and divorced from truth really often. And there's a lot of subconscious bias. They question and they frame questions differently. I know when I'm in the room, then for example, when my brother, who's our CFO is in the room, they'll like only talk to him. And I'm like, yo, it's me. Like you can ask me. So, um, those are the things that, that tend to, to make me just, I'm an artist first, you know, I feel like I'm a creator first and fighting my way through institutions like that. 
and acknowledging, by the way, I have a lot of privilege. I went to an Ivy League school. I'm white. Like I have short hair, so I almost can kind of like pass for a man. Like I'm, I'm able to speak their lingo and I'm able to learn all that. And even with that, I still feel like such an outsider in the system. So uh, that's definitely been a real challenge. Yeah, that sounds like it. But I think that's what's so powerful about what you're doing, right, is that you are changing that uh, through and leading by example through your own experience. Um, with that being said, so what does it, if you could break down the the entrepreneur kind of system that you've created for your teachers, um, what does that step, step system look like? I know that there is a fee, as you stated before, um, but what is kind of involved in that that gives uh, those people involved the, the hope and the courage to to be their own boss? So they enroll in a week-long training. It's all over Zoom. They have mentors. These are studio instructors who have been teaching 305 for years that are really at an elevated level in like these super small groups of three to five people. So that already you have like a person you can talk to, a small group you're going through this training with, Unlike so many fitness trainings that it's just like a six hour course, good luck. No, this is like a full week. It's probably 30 hours all in. And you're actually getting up and practicing the skills of teaching. So you have taught something before you're just going to go and teach it to your friends. There's also a pass fail in training, which is something that freaks some people out, but ultimately is what helps people also know, like I was chosen for this. I have what it takes to be a 305 instructor or the mentors have you know, looked at it and they think that I have what it takes. And then after that, once that, once you pass training and you join our network, we give you everything literally. So you can call a coach anytime. If you just need to talk out an issue, um, pricing, how do I price my first class? How do I write my first email? What kinds of Instagram posts should I do? Where should I think about hosting my classes? We have so many resources to help our instructors tackle all of these challenges. And we are even proactively always reaching out to them if we see that like, you know, like so many things, life got in the way, they haven't taught in a while. We're like, come on, come on, girl, don't forget that commitment that you had to yourself. So we are really there as their cheerleaders, um, not just collecting that fee every month. It's just really important to us that they're successful. And I think that those instructors feel that passion shine through. Yeah, I love that. Um, it seems like as you're talking, I'm hearing a lot about community. That's kind of the word that I, I hear from you, like keep like that keeps coming through. What does community look like um, in terms of the pandemic and 305 Fitness and finding that community uh, in an, in this ever-changing world, knowing that we are living in a virtual world at the moment, but we're still trying to connect with others along the way? Community, I felt, was a lot more intuitive when we were in person. So it has been a challenge to go over to digital. When we were in studios, we had like events all the time. Like you might come to class and there would be like a drag queen for no reason co-hosting the class. There was just like balloons, like there was popcorn, like there was just always a reason to hang out, to chill. We would do a ton of political activism, you know, writing postcards to your senator. You could do that. You could send your dad a, a, a little postcard on Father's Day from our front desk. Like it was really a place where there was always a lot of things to do, a lot of people to hang out with. Digitally, where we have built the community a lot on YouTube. So all throughout the summer in the pandemic, we were teaching two times live a day. We would get thousands of people tuning into this on that kind of live comment section was such a fun place to like share jokes and, you know, be with one another. Of course, there's social media where we can post those photos of ourselves taking 305 and tag friends or do it over FaceTime, as well as a lot of things we did in the pandemic just as a way to give back. 
Brianna Taylor's death is very much on all of our minds. And that was definitely a moment this time last year that 305 was kicking into high gear and trying to figure out how we could gather our community, make sure that people had mental health resources. We started an anti-racist book club. Like we, we gave a lot of uh, attention to making sure that our community had a place to go, whatever skin color you were, just a place to ask questions and a place to connect and a place to just be part of the movement and not tune it out. There is definitely like a through line of social justice work in what we do. We sneak it in there. Uh, it's like at the end of the day, a fun fitness class, but we sneak it in there whenever we can. And last thing I'll say about community that has just like people often comment that 305 has this community element that I'm like a founder who's like always been around building a movement. I've always thought of my job as being the editor of that community and being the person who ultimately gets to decide what those boundaries are of what belongs in our house and what doesn't. I take that responsibility really seriously. Meaning if you are going to treat our staff rudely, like you're out. I really don't care how much money you're going to pay us. If you violate, you know, our sense of inclusivity with offensive views, like you're out. It doesn't matter, you know, what you think is inclusive. So I've been very unapologetic about defining those boundaries. Like I just, I've always taken that really, really seriously. I haven't been afraid to kick clients out. I haven't been afraid to tell staff that like they can advocate for themselves and starting with the inner circle first, the people around me, the people who work for this company, that's where we have to start first, customers second, investors last. And if anything along the way, like trespasses our sense of safety, community belonging, because someone thinks that they have so much money that they can do whatever they want, like we really challenge that. And we really ask people to think differently. Being unapologetic, has that always been something that you've leaned into? Uh, speaking like, you know, from childhood and your upbringing, being in Miami, uh, is that something that, you know, you have always kind of centered yourself around just being 100% Sadie? Pretty much, yes. I'm really lucky that I grew up with parents who were very encouraging of just being authentic and self-expressing, uh, including criticizing their parenting was like not something that was shunned. There was never like the wrong word to say. You weren't, there was never a threat of dis, you know, being disowned or, you know, my dad used to always say to me like, you could never embarrass me. You're my child. And that was so liberating and nice to hear. I really seek in life to give people that same sense because for me, it's like, how could you not be authentic? Like, doesn't it suck to go around all day, like not feeling in line with your truth? Don't you just want to say what you need and then know that people will meet you there or they won't? But people are very scared. You know, we, we go along to get along. We don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to make people uncomfortable. And it ends up holding us back from our truth and from our bigger purpose in life. So I really think of myself as a very authentic, you see what you get person. I will say though, the challenge of being a founder and a CEO means that I do have to listen. I can't be arrogant. And also means that people are not always going to like it, you know, what decisions we make. So I have definitely gotten better through the years. I believe that it is a muscle that you can work on in terms of being able to take in criticism and feedback being able to own it. These are definitely skills that, yes, I grew up with, but I have definitely strengthened over time. Mm -hmm. And of course, like being in a place where you're able to self-express also helps build those, those muscles and those skills. I mean, giving people that ability to do that. Um, is there any advice that you have gone along the way that you're now translating into your work or how you communicate with people uh, that just really has really stuck with you 
and made you feel like that's something that you want to continue pushing forward into future generations? I would say the tools of nonviolent communication are really powerful and helpful. Um, the basic punchline is you express like objectively what you saw. So let's say I'm just going to give like a quick 30 second tutorial here. Let's say Carly, you're my roommate and you keep leaving dishes in the dishwasher. The first step is I'm going to just note objectively what I saw. So not like you're so messy. You always leave shit. Like that's not objective. That's my judgment. So the first step would be like, Hey Carly, I noticed that the last three days you've left dishes in the sink. Okay. That's pretty objective. Then I move on to my feeling. And this is where people don't, we're so out of touch with our feelings. We don't even know how to express ourselves. It just comes out out of both sides of our mouth. So I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling worried. I'm, you know, there's so many different words that we can use, but let's say I'm a little frustrated and then you express your need because I have a lot going on and I really can't be thinking about one more thing like cleaning up this house. And then there's the ask. So I'm going to ask if possible, do you think that you could be a little bit more mindful when you wash the dishes? Like that's it. Objective, observation, feeling, need, ask. If people are going to like explode at you from that, like that's their issue. But I love that formula because it allows you to speak your truth. Just come from a place that allows people to empathize with you, right? You're just letting people in. This is what's going on for me. What do you think? Like, can you help? And and I trust that most people do rise to the occasion and do want to be helpful if they know how they can be helpful. I think that's like the importance of communication across the board and finding those different outlets. I want to bring it back to 305 and talk more about the business aspect. What was that one moment that you said that I think this might be something? This is something that I'm going to nurture. Um, For me, the path has always been a lot of believing, a lot of believing, a lot of optimism, you know, as a creator, not the world as it is now, but as the world as it could be, not 305 as it is now, but 305 as it could be. So that's my job is to focus on the vision and on the opportunity. I won't lie. Fear is always in the back of my mind, but it's just about compartmentalizing it, knowing what the risks are and saying, what am I going to really give voice to here? Um, So I can't say there was really an aha moment. There was a lot of milestones along the way that gave me confidence to keep going. Probably the first one was going from just me hustling out of dance studios in 2012, just graduated from college, two classes a week, only my friends, weird tango studios, just very, very grassroots situation to 30 classes a week with different instructors and different DJs and all of them selling out. That was like, okay, we have a business here. There's customers here. And there's been other milestones like that, going from one studio to two, going from just New York to other cities. Uh, launching instructor certification and seeing that there was interest in that. All of those have been good proof points. But at the end of the day, I think that a founder is unique in their ability to just believe, like believe until they just can't believe anymore. It's about the ability to compartmentalize all that fear and keep going anyway. I have, you know, looked at 305 Fitness on Instagram, seen your uh, social media and really love how it's, it's just, it cherishes joy. Um, how has that been for you to connect with people in that in that realm beyond the classes, uh, specifically in this pandemic world? It's been amazing. People drop love bombs on me in my DMs all day long. It is so sweet. Uh, it really is. And and my DMs are 
full of those kinds of stories. A lot of women reaching out to say, you didn't know this, but you really made a difference. And that just warms my heart. That's the end of the day. It's what makes it worth it to go through all of this and through to wade through shit literally and metaphorically, meaning like the actual shit I've cleaned up when when there's been like pipes that have burst at studios, like you name it. I've been working nights, days and weekends for the last 10 years. It's been completely exhausting. There's been so many times that I've wanted to quit, but these are the kinds of messages that I get that just inspire me to keep going. I think of the quote that's on your website that says that you want to empower people to love themselves harder and express themselves louder. Do you find that from your own actions and and how you're moving through space that you have seen a a change, whether it's your followers or just your community of people literally doing that, where people are expressing themselves louder, where you're like, wow, this person shows up to my class or I'm aware of this person and I'm really seeing their growth. Um, And if so, uh, what has that felt like for you? Oh my gosh. Absolutely amazing. Yes. I have seen customers go from shy, arms crossed, back row, eye rolling. I don't want to do this first class to like front row, booty shorts, glitter, like, whoa, like, okay. (laughs) You know, like real alter egos coming out. I've literally seen customers change their names inspired by 305 because they're like, I don't feel like I'm Megan. I feel like I'm X. And I'm like, okay, you know, bring it on. Um, I've heard customers tell me, you know, I, there was trauma in my life. There was sexual trauma. I felt like I couldn't own my body. And this is what, you know, helps me own my body and still like understand that I am a sexual being without being on display for other people. All of those things are just fill up my cup. Absolutely. What has been the feedback in your internal community with this journey? family, friends, uh, partner, your close circle. What's that look like throughout throughout your time building 305 Fitness? I'm so lucky. I really am. My parents have always been supportive of this, pretty hands-off as well as they were with everything, you know? So they were never the parents to help me with the school project. In elementary school, I always showed up with like the ugly poster board. And it's also awesome. They gave me a lot of autonomy and independence and confidence. Um... They were super supportive when I started and they still are. And uh, my husband is also really supportive. Another reason why I was agnostic about getting married, wasn't sure. Just, I was like, this is an, an institution that can't be better for women than for men or like it wouldn't exist. So I was always like very um, skeptical about it, but the right person showed up who truly knows that my career comes first and you know, everything else comes second. Super understanding. He's great at brainstorming. He doesn't get sick of talking about 305 all day. He really, really believes in me. And he's able to mirror for me, you know, and just it's it's the best. You know, when you when you look at your partner and you see that in their eyes, you are amazing. It's a really good feeling. And that that's the cheerleader that I have in my corner. My best friend and my brother are my COO and my CFO. So I'm also like, it's a very uh, loyalty and trust and all of those things and understanding me because I acknowledge that I I feel like I'm someone who's kind of misunderstood. It it has been really important to surround myself with people like that who've just known me through the years. Um, What has been some of the takeaways that you've had about uh, this pandemic in relation to you? Some things I've learned are that I really am incredibly resilient and very resourceful. I'm looking for opportunity everywhere. I am a founder through and through. The challenges of being a CEO, you know, before the pandemic, we had 
30 full-time, 500 part-time. Right now we have 12 full-time and 25 part-time. So in a lot of ways, I'm much more comfortable as this like small and scrappy founder who's like executing a lot and just very clear about what I need. And, and, you know, the challenge then of being a CEO and listening more to people and running departments, I can do it and I will try, but my strength is really, oh my God, there's chaos. Let me find the opportunity. So I learned that about myself, which was really affirming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned that, that my nature is to be optimistic and positive and bring people together, which was also a really nice thing to, to relearn. Mm. Um, and optimism, optimism, excuse me, for you, I'm sure, has, is something that you bring to life, of course, through your classes and through the day-to-day. But optimism, I think it looks different for everyone right now when we're in our internal worlds. Um, what would be three things that you want your clients uh, and your teachers uh, to take away with them after they take a 305 class? You matter. You have a voice, you have a right to exist, you can take up space. Not everything has to be so serious. Sometimes it's just fun. And you're hot, you're sexy, you're confident, like own it. It's not about the shape, it's about how you move it. So I I, I hope that people are able to kind of like strut their stuff in the mirror, catch themselves whipping their hair around and just, just feel good. That was great. And she's pretty amazing. So Carla, you came to this conversation, obviously really well prepared. Was there anything that uh, happened along the way in this conversation that surprised you? Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Sadie's self-awareness. She has created such a huge movement from this work and I applaud her for that. She's really big on women's empowerment and, and helping women understand that they are beautiful and strong just the way they are. And that really stuck with me. That's a really powerful thing, and I'm sure it's attracting more and more people to what she's doing, which is great. Can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about Sadie and 305 Fitness? Yeah, uh, they can go to 305fitness.com using the number 305. There, there's a newsletter. Anyone can sign up and receive updates and offers. They're also on Instagram at 305fitness, and Sadie is at Sadie Kurzban, spelled S-A-D-I-E-K-U-R-Z-B-A-N. Thanks, Carly. And that does it for us this week. The podcast team and I would like to thank Jennifer Hicks and Graham Nolan. If you'd like to hear how other creators, founders, and inventors thought up their ideas, follow this feed wherever you listen to podcasts and catch up on all past episodes. Feel free to reach out to us with questions and comments on Gray's social channels or our email address, podcast at gray.com. And lastly, tell a friend about our show and help us share these great ideas. Thanks for listening to Gray Matter. Gray Matter is hosted by John Petrullis, produced by Danielle Hunt and senior producer Joey Scarillo, mixed by Guy Rosemarin at Gramercy Park Studios with post-production support from Ned Martin and Robin Frank. Additional support by John Jenkinson, Christina Hyde, Gigi Vera, Gabby Piatek, Erica Vander, and Ryan Cunningham. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.